Good morning. Uh, starting this Sunday, uh, for the next three Sundays, I'm going to be sharing on a very important topic that is the fear of the Lord. And um, I can give about four reasons why I want to share this topic. Firstly, I believe the Lord wants me to teach this. As I was going through the notes to prepare, I sensed the pleasure, what I believe was from the Lord. I sensed the joy as I was going through the notes, reading the scriptures, as we understand the fear of the Lord. Secondly, I sense that the church as a whole <clears throat> and at large is battling lukewarmness. And that the church is battling sinful and worldly distractions, even intentional compromise with sin and deceptions of various kinds. There are many who profess to be followers of Jesus, but are living dual lives. <clears throat> In certain situations and contexts, they appear to be Christian or spiritual, but at other times, there is brazen compromise and living in sin and not feeling any remorse about it. Thirdly, I believe that we are living in the last days and that one of the primary threats of the last days is a very evident lack of the fear of the Lord. We see that in various passages in scripture, the one of the marks of people is going to be men and women are going to be lovers of sin, lovers of pleasure, and not those who treasure the fear of God. Even if they were not Christian in the earlier days, there were many who, who treasured a fear of the unknown God. But we see an utter lack of that in our day and time. And if not for any other reason, the most important reason is that the fear of the Lord ought to be taught as often as we can because it is to be the foundation of our hearts, the foundation of our lives and our families, because the fear of the Lord leads to life. It leads one to hate evil and to choose and cling to what is good and pleasing in the sight of the Lord. <clears throat> and so I'm excited, my brothers and sisters, as today as I begin teaching this on the fear of the Lord, I believe the Lord's grace will be abundant upon us in order to enable each and all of us to grow in the fear of the Lord. I want to read the first verse for us this morning. That's in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 10 and verse 12. And here is the Lord speaking of commanding the people of Israel. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You know, we see in this passage that it is very much not only possible, but essential that the fear of the Lord burns in our hearts like a holy fire. And we also love him with all our heart and all our beings. And therefore, we walk in his ways. And therefore, we serve him with everything with and around us. 
So these things ought not to be separated where one can say, I love God, but I don't fear him. I don't dread him. Impossible. It's impossible to love God truly, wholeheartedly, and not fear him, not be in awe of him. Let's understand this a little better. <clears throat> what is the fear of the Lord? I believe the fear of the Lord is a deep respect and an overwhelming, overwhelming sense of reverence, admiration, and a sense of awe produced in us by the revelation of who God is and what he has done and what he can do. I repeat, it is a deep respect, an overwhelming sense of reverence, admiration, and a sense of awe produced in us by the revelation of who God is, of all that he has done, of all that he can do, and even all that he is going to do. This morning, I, being the first session, I want to focus on <clears throat> some of the primary characteristics of the fear of the Lord. You know, so if somebody is carrying the fear of God with them, or if the fear of the Lord comes on someone or some kind of people, what happens? What are the characteristics? How do we recognize that he or she, or firstly myself, or this community fears God? Or the fear of the Lord has come upon these people or upon this person. And this is not to negatively judge people, but that we may ourselves walk in a manner that is pleasing to God. We're not called to walk in darkness. We're called to walk in the light. We're called to walk in awareness and revelation of who God is and what he expects of us. So here are some of the primary characteristics of the fear of the Lord. This is not an exhaustive list. There can be so much more that you can think of and add to this to strengthen your faith and your walk. Firstly, God alone has the power to inspire this fear and reverence for him in us. See, to fear God, God himself initiates that by revealing himself to us. It is the work of God, never man. It is the work of the Holy Spirit in us to instill in us, to teach us, to help us receive and grow in the fear of God. So if a particular person is carrying the fear of God in them, yes, it can have a temporal, or it can have some sort of a positive impact on the people around him. But for the people around him to themselves grow in the fear of God, God has to do his work in their hearts, in their lives. And it is the knowledge and revelation of who God is that will bring the fear of the Lord, that will cause us to grow in the fear of God. Just to read a passage to help us in that, Isaiah 11, verse 2. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. See, the spirit of God is, a spirit, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. He's the one who gives us counsel. He's the spirit of might, spirit of knowledge, and the fear of God. It is the Holy Spirit who will teach us the fear of the Lord. And so it is good for us to pray if we've not begun to pray, if, not, if you're not used to doing this. 
that we ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me to learn and grow in the fear of the Lord. And in the, in the coming Sundays, you will actually understand how essential this is, that this is not a, a prayer that can be optional. This, this is not a pursuit that can be optional. But it's absolutely necessary, beloved, fundamental for us to know God, to grow in Him, and in fact, for God to trust us. You know, I've said this many times. It's one thing for us to claim that we trust God. It's another thing that whether God trusts us. And you know, who's the kind of person that God trusts? Who's the kind of person that God is looking for? The eyes of the Lord run to and fro across all the earth. And he's looking for a man and a woman who fears him. <clears throat> he's looking for a man and woman whose heart is steadfast towards him. And so, beloved, we must learn and grow in the fear of God. Secondly, the second characteristics, it's a fear and a reverence and an awe that comes out of relationship. Our relationship, love and admiration of the Lord. You know, it's interesting to know the Lord there's no record of the Lord ever commanding the Egyptians to fear him. But he surely commanded his people, the Israelites, to fear him. You look at how God puts forth his case before the Israelites through the prophet Malachi, chapter 11, verse 6. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name, but you ask and say, How have we despised your name? Beloved, God has an expectation, rightful, and He commands His people, His children, whom He has redeemed, to whom He has revealed His glory, His grace, His truth, His power and might. He's saying, You people, I command you to honor me. I alone am worthy of all glory and honor. And so, beloved, God does not expect the people who don't know him to honor him. Yes, in an absolute general uh, you know, context, every creation of God is supposed to honor him. But in this broken, fallen world, God rightfully expects his redeemed people, his people to whom he revealed himself, like he did to the Israelites, a few thousand years ago, God commanded them, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. That's what he said in Exodus chapter 20, verse 1 and verse 2, at the start of the Ten Commandments. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. God always gives the reason. He declares what he has done, who he is, and what he has done for you. And therefore, he says, honor me. So by revelation and through relationship, we understand who God is, who he is, and what he has done for us. And therefore, he commands and he deserves our fear and honor. Beloved, as we understand the gospel, as we rehearse the gospel, as we remember how much God loves us, as we remember the greatest price that he gave, that he paid, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, the supreme sacrifice, the darling of heaven crucified for us. He who knew no sin became a sin for us. 
The power of sin was broken on that cross. Our sin, our debt was paid for. But he rose again on the third day for our justification. Death has been defeated. Seated at the right hand of the Father, he will come again to judge the living and the dead. My beloved brothers and sisters, let us honor this awesome God who loved us and gave himself for us. Thirdly, the fear of the Lord is opposite to the fear of man or circumstances. That's one of the things I've had to remind myself. You see, if I'm fearing man or if I'm fearing a circumstance or a situation, I'm actually putting out the fear of the Lord. And here's the interesting thing and the exciting thing. When I choose the fear of the Lord, I say, no, God, I am not going to fear man. I'm not fear what man is, can say or what man can do. Because man can't do much. And God himself, uh, the Lord himself reminded us, recorded the Gospels, do not fear man who can destroy just body at the most, but fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Beloved, we have to see things correctly. What can man do? If we are choosing to do what is right in God's eyes, we have nobody to fear except the Lord. And so the fear of the Lord is opposite to the fear of man or circumstances. And we have to make a choice. I'm not going to fear the circumstances. Yes, I, what is happening is something I didn't expect. What is happening may be something I don't even deserve. But I will sanctify the Lord in my heart. I will call upon his name because he's a very present help in the time of trouble. He's my refuge and my strength. He's my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And so he has declared and he has proven his love for his people. And so I will put my trust in him. I will call upon him and he will answer me. So beloved, choose the fear of the Lord in your testing times, in your trials. Choose the fear of the Lord. It will lead to life. It will help you guard your heart with the peace of God. It will help you carry the joy of God. You will carry the hope of God in the darkest of times because you've chosen to be in awe of God and not to be shocked by your circumstances, not to be distraught and distressed by what people are doing or not doing, what, what people are saying or not saying. We'll not be tossed to and fro, but we will be anchored in the hope of God. We will be anchored upon the word of the Lord because we are choosing to fear and honor and revere our Lord. Amen. And lastly, the fear of the Lord in us brings life. But the fear of the Lord on others who don't know him or who live in disobedience, it brings us dread. Always remember this, beloved. The fear of the Lord in us brings life and security. But the fear of the Lord on others brings his dread upon them. You know, the two passages of scriptures, I want to read it quickly for our benefit. This is in 2 Chronicles 14, 14. It was when King Asa, one of the kings of Israel, was faced with, an, with, a, with a war against the Ethiopians. And Asa cried out to God. And he said, Lord, come and help us. And the Lord answered. And he showed up for the army of Israel. And this, is, this passage is, was, explains what happened 
to the Ethiopians because God showed up for his people. Second Chronicles 14, 14, it says, and they attacked all the cities around Gerard for the fear of the Lord was upon them. That is who? Upon the, upon the Ethiopians. They plundered all the cities for there was much plunder in them. You know, the fear of the Lord, you know, came as a dread upon the enemies of Israel. And because of that, they were paralyzed. They couldn't do. They were defeated. They were routed because God was with his people. You know, when God shows up for us, you know, when God vindicates us and stands over us, you know, the enemy has to flee. And so, beloved, I want to say this, you know, put your trust in God. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. A delay in God is not a delay. It is waiting for the right time. And so, though it may seem temporarily that things are contrary to you, you choose and I choose to walk in the ways of God, fearing God. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Keep your eyes on the author and finish of your faith. Walk in the ways of the Lord, even though it may at times feel lonely. We're never alone. God is with us. But as we walk in the paths of his righteousness for his namesake, the Lord will show up for us. One more passage of scripture similar to this. This is King Jehoshaphat. And it says in 2 Chronicles 17.10, And the fear of the Lord fell upon all the kingdoms of the land that were around Judah, and they made no war against Jehoshaphat. You know, when the fear of the Lord comes upon, upon uh, our enemies, whether those enemies are spiritual. Unfortunately, at times, our enemies can also be real people, you know, who align themselves against God or against his will. You know, Jesus said, love your enemies. He wasn't talking about demons and, and Satan. He was talking about real people. But we ought to love them, beloved, you know. And as we make that good choice of forgiving and loving them, and if we walk in the ways of God, you know, the dread of God can fall on those people. We don't try to make them fearful. We should not do that. But God's dread can come upon them and paralyze them in the sense that their schemes to do wrong or evil will be curtailed and crushed and come to nothing. So, beloved, that happens when we align ourselves to God. Understand this. If others disobey and we disobey, then both will get whacked. But if you and I choose to walk in the ways of God, then let God do what only he can do. And that is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord in us that we choose will cause, will bring life and security to us and protect us from doing anything wrong. It will guard our hearts from saying or doing or even conceiving anything that is evil. So for us, the fear of the Lord brings life. We choose life. We choose the ways of God. We choose the word of God. We choose the will of God because we're fearing God. We're saying, no, God, you're watching me. One day I will stand before you and give an account for what I've done in this life. God, I want to walk in your ways. God, there's nothing that you cannot see. There's nothing you cannot hear. You know everything about me. God, I want to live a life that's pleasing in your sight. I want, I want to experience your smile and your pleasure now and every moment of my life. Therefore, I will not depart from your ways, but my feet will hold firm to your ways, as King David said. My feet will stand firm in your ways. I'll walk in your ways, God. And it's your fear that will cause me to do so. But upon my enemies, the dread of the Lord will come. 
and God will do it in his way, in his time. And so, choose the fear of the Lord. Just a quick recap of what I shared with you about the primary characteristics of the fear of the Lord. God alone has the power to inspire this fear and reverence for him. Secondly, it's a fear that comes out of our relationship, love, and admiration of the Lord. Like he never commanded the Egyptians to fear him, but he commanded his people, the Israelites, to fear him. God doesn't command the whole world, though they are supposed to fear him by being his creation. But in this broken, fallen humanity, God expects his people to make the good choice every day to fear him. And thirdly, the fear of the Lord is opposite to the fear of man or circumstances. You know, Proverbs 29 verse 25 says, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. So fourthly, the fear of the Lord in us brings life and security, but the fear of the Lord in others brings his dread. Beloved, I want to encourage you and me to choose the fear of the Lord. And I want to read by, uh, close by reading one more um, scripture in order to encourage you. And I want to leave you with the scripture. You know, carry this in your heart, in your mind, through this day and even beyond. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. Second Chronicles 16.9. Or another translation says, Who fear him? Who is God looking for right now? Who is he looking for? Who is he scanning on the entire globe? He's looking for a woman. He's looking for a man who fears him. And that's the man and woman God wants to walk with and do great things, good things for the glory of his name and so that you and I will have an eternal reward, an eternal inheritance, incorruptible, reserved in the heaven for us. Let's make the good choice, beloved, to be a man and a woman who fears the Lord. Let me pray with you. Father, we thank you for this morning this 21st of February, 2021. Lord, coming to the close of this second month of the year, Lord, we are closer to you than we were yesterday than ever before. Your coming is near and our coming to you is nearer. But we want to run this race well, finish strong. And the only way that this can happen is if we make the good choice every day to learn and to grow and treasure the fear of you, my Lord. I pray for me and my daughter, Anaya. And I pray for every family in our church that we will be a people who will fear you, my God. Because you alone are worthy of all honor, all respect, reverence. And only before you can our hearts be in awe. Forgive us for the times we have carelessly used the word awesome for silly things. But Lord, today we say we are in awe of you. You alone are awesome, God. You alone are breathtaking and awe-inspiring. We worship you, God. We honor you, God. Continually draw our hearts 
upward and higher and closer to you, God. Captivate our hearts by your love, by your glory, by your grace and your truth. Transform us and make us more like you, Jesus. And Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, Spirit of Christ, Spirit of truth. Lord, teach us the fear of the Lord. Thank you, God, for what you have spoken to us this morning. We pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Have a blessed week. We'll be in touch.